welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business. And on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Group Home Riches podcast. Today, we have an awesome guest that's been very active in our private Facebook group for Gold Course members. She's been posting some massive receipts. I see her helping out all the time. And after her recent post about she's posted her, basically her P&L <laughs> into the Facebook group, you know, we had to have her on to kind of hear what she's been doing. So Lynette, welcome. Hello. So I started the course last year around April. I met a lot of awesome people within the group that helped me along the way. I give all credit to those who I created established relationships and friendships with in this business. And although there are several people who are not in the same city and state that I'm in, was still able to learn a lot of information regardless of where we're located, because pretty much everything is still the same. The baseline of this business is the same. And right now I have three houses and I have my fourth house opening soon, which should be around the ninth of this month. And I already have pending clients to go into that home. Beautiful. So about four properties in the first year, it sounds like a little bit over a year. Yeah. So I got my very first property August of last year. So technically, August 1st made a year with me having my first property. I've been learning the business since April of last year, but I didn't get my first property until August of last year. Beautiful. All right. So it took a couple months of learning and then uh, you just hit the hit the ground running. Folks, we also have on the other line, we have the founder and the founder of this whole thing. So Andy, why don't you say hello to the folks out there as well? Hey, hey guys. Good afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well. Yeah, this will be my second podcast in two days, which is, uh, as Brandon <laughs> has alluded to, quite a bit compared to the last, you know, probably year and a half. So yeah, glad to be on. Glad to meet you, Lynette. We're growing and the Facebook page is a, is a big part of that. So I think we're up to almost 2,000 members now. So going to be a lot more success stories moving forward. <laughs> Lynette, so uh, yeah, you joined uh, the Gold Course last April, took a couple months, you know, trying to figure stuff out, I'm sure. Why don't we rewind a little bit? What brought you to Group Home Riches in the first place? What were you doing before this? And what made you want to look into this stuff just in the first place? So prior to me wanting to get into the business, I was working at a warehouse, but for years prior to me working in a warehouse, I wanted to provide housing for ex-offenders. So that's what got me started. I worked in a prison system and a lot of those people who had become up in age didn't have anywhere to go when they left. So family members were had them passed on, you know, no property is left. They don't know anyone. And they were still, you know, decent members of society. So I was like, okay, well let me try to bridge that gap and help them the best way I could. But I had no direction. I Googled and Googled and Googled trying to figure out, you know, what is, how do I start 
a halfway house is what I called it at that time. And I never found anything. And then I came across Group Home Breaches and I purchased the course. But at that time, I was working a lot in the warehouse and I kind of put it on the back burner. So I picked it back up and that's when it just opened up a whole new can of worms of things that I didn't even realize were, you know, was out there. And the meat was out there for other uh, demographics outside of, you know, the ex-offenders. So now I have ex-offenders, I have people with disability or mental health issues and seniors. Beautiful. So from the time you said you were doing the warehouse thing, how long did it take you, you know, from the moment you were like, okay, I'm going to do this. Let me start taking action. How long did it take for you to kind of establish that first property? So I was working at the warehouse. So I had went on like admin leave that April. And I said, okay, I had some time to myself. So that's when I started going over. I didn't really go over the actual course at first. I started with the Facebook group. And then I started getting into the course. And then I went back to work. And then I ended up quitting that June. So June 5th is when I actually stopped working. But I had a safety net. That same month, I got my first client. June 24th of last year. So what I did was I started my business in my home. So I didn't go out and get a a rental right then because I didn't want to use my money to pay the deposit in the first month rent. So what I did was I have a four bedroom house, my three bedrooms upstairs. I put two beds in each room and I started marketing to get my people. And as I was getting them, I was staging them and housing in my personal home. And so I used that money to put down on the deposit in the first month rent for my property that August. So I pretty much got all of June's rent and August 1st rent to use to put on the property that I, my very first house. Love to hear it. <laughs> Andy, what do you think about that creativity? Yeah, I mean, again, like I always, you guys hear me say it all the time. In this business, you do not need resources. You actually don't need any cash. You need to be resourceful. You do not need resources. You got to be smart and, you know, find cheap and inexpensive ways of getting things done. So Lynette is the perfect shining example of how to do that. I love hearing it. So you brought up like a really key point there too, Lynette. So we do have the gold course. It's packed full of information. Lynette, be completely honest with me. Have you read and watched every single video in there? I have not. <laughs> I love Perfect. it. So you don't need to, you know. Yeah, you got to like, just take action. Yeah, we really want you guys. We do, you know, use it as a resource, kind of come to it when you need it. I honestly love the fact that uh, Lynette said she didn't even start with the course. I'm guessing you went into the Facebook page and and we're just talking to people like, "Hey, what, you know, what's the first step? What do I do to get started?" right? Yeah, so when I was got into the Facebook page, there wasn't that many. I mean, it was a nice set of members in there, but it wasn't nearly the amount that there is now. And so there were about four people who pretty much gave me a lot of insight. I just referred back to their previous posts. Those that I felt that were very knowledgeable within the business, I would just click on their profile within the group and scroll to the beginning 
of their very first post and read every post they made, every comment that was under it. That's how I pretty much learned. I didn't learn by doing the course per se. I did refer to the course for some documents and a little guidance when I would look in the group and they say, well, go to the course. They'll reference the course or something like that. So then I'll go read that. But as far as that goes, the Facebook group is the shortcut. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) So folks listening out there, if you do want to get started, Lynette, that's the perfect kind of game plan to go, you know, get the course so you could go back and as you take action, there's going to be stuff in there that you need, right? And, you know, you could go into the Facebook page and ask people or email us, hey, this is what I got going on. These are my resources. Like, where do I start? We will guide you along the way. And as Lynette mentioned, there's, you know, over 2000 people across the country ready to help you as well. So Brandon, if I can throw something out, I know that I've experienced this firsthand. Oftentimes, all you need to do is just invest a little bit of money. And that alone will be the bur in your saddle to get you going. It'll light a little fire underneath you. And frankly, you may not even read whatever you've you know just invested $200 in or whatever it might be. But just knowing that you spent $200 on something, it's going to propel you forward and it's going to cause you to take action. Uh, yes, <laughs> I can concur with that as well. It's the first step. It makes it real. And there's the, you know, I invested whatever a dollar amount into it. I don't want to waste my money. So, right. <laughs> Yeah, but $200 is actually pennies in comparison to what you can make. It's pennies in comparison of getting in a group with a whole bunch of people that you can network with, establish relationships with. You run into a problem. Majority of the people that's in a group has either, I'm not going to say the majority, but there are a good handful of people that's already experienced those uh, issues. They already had answers. So it saves you a lot of time and trouble doing things yourself without any type of guidance. So mentoring is good to have support to where you don't you can avoid mistakes. But for me, I didn't have a real mentor when I started this business. Being able to connect with those that that were within the group, having something to offer them and they having something to offer me and being a two way of the things that I've learned and I share those things with them and they share the things that they learned with me, you know, I didn't have to invest a lot of money. The startup, it was the gold course. Had I not got into the gold course to meet the people that I met, I'm sure there would have been a lot of upside down investments going on here. Oh yeah. Andy has caught the bumps and bruises and kind of learned the hard way for everybody a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) And I I think that's really what, you know, initially when we started this off, that's what we're really trying to do. I was kind of a pioneer. And as they say, the, the pioneers, we wind up getting scalped. Now the people that follow us, they're the settlers, they wind up prospering. They're the ones that are able to settle. You know, I got scalped multiple times Thank goodness I wound up uh, staying alive. But you guys don't want to get into lawsuits. You don't want to get into problems. It's just not worth it. So if you can find somebody that's already been down the path and is where you want to go, like Lynette, boom, you got to reach out to her and ask her, hey, what did you do to get there fast? That's basically what we're trying to do here. So that's a good segue into my next question. Uh, Lynette, you know, the new people listening out there, like the first action step 
what did you, you, what were you working on? You know, the first thing, once you figured everything out, what was the first thing that you did? My first thing that I needed to do, which was important, uh, was to find who were going to send me the people. So I had to do the research, who I was going to house and who was going to give me these people. So I started off thinking, you know, I wanted to house people who were 100% independent that didn't need me for anything. But the population that was needed in my area were some, you know, it's so my houses, I have some that are 100% independent. And then I have some that need a little bit assistance, not necessarily those who are like needing me to do personal care uh, services for them, but they may need medication reminders. They may need, you know, me to help them get to and from their doctor's appointments, things of that nature. And I'm able to see that the population that I serve, I'm able to house more people in my home. So two per room versus one per room for the general population. So starting off, I just had to find my resources and who's going to connect me to these people that were in need my housing. So that's what I would encourage people to do. You know, you want to do the business, but you got to see who it is that's going to see these people because you can get a house. And you can have this game plan, but you not know how you're going to get the people. That's the main important thing, that, in my opinion, because you can get a house. There's no problem. Yeah, bingo. That's the first step that we recommend people doing. And do it before you have the house. If you don't have a large home yourself, you know, you're just renting a one or two bedroom. There's nothing wrong with calling these places up. And just call them to get information. Hey, you know, I plan on opening a property soon. I see that you have a whatever program, rapid rehousing or transitional program for ex-offenders, whatever the program is. I'm just calling to get information on that. And these people, what are the calls like when you talk with them, Lynette? So basically, it just depends on who it is that I'm calling. So if I'm calling a a hospital... I'll call to speak to the director of case manager. So I say, hey, this is Lynette Wheaton. I'm with Rush to Wheat Homes. I would like to speak to your director of case managers. So, and I say the director because I want the person that's over all of them so that when I do give them my information and I exchange information with the case manager, she can forward my information to the entire department versus me calling to speak to some random case manager because a lot of case managers will see that you 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 know you're resourceful and they want to keep you to themselves because they need people gone or they need you know our house so I'm not going to share this information because it's going to be my resource so I did find that that is a thing so you want to speak to like a supervisor or like I said a director over whichever whether it's a discharge planner a social worker or whatever like that, you want to talk to the director, the, the person that's hosting the meetings to all of their subordinates. That's who you want to talk to. And so I get them on the phone. I say, hey, depending on what kind of hospital I'm calling, I say, hey, my name is Lynette Wheaton. I have um, several group homes in the Houston metro area. Uh, currently have two beds available. And I was calling to see if your agency have a need for my services. And they'll let me know whether or not that's the need for them or or not. And I make sure before I end in the call, and I do a list of services that I offer 
invite them to visit my website and I make sure I get their first and last name, their direct line, because most times when I call, I'm calling through the main line to, and a gatekeeper will answer the phone. So I get their main contact number and their email. So with that information, although they may not need my services at that time, but if there is a need, I follow back up with them uh, once a month of my bed count. Even if I don't have a big account, I still send them emails simply because I have partnered with a lot of people in the Houston area. So even if at that time they do call me and I don't have anything, I can at least still accept that client on the Rush to Eat Homes, but refer them to one of my partners so that I can keep that relationship going with whatever agency that I that sent the, sent the individual. Hey, Lynette, this is Andy. Do you mind just talking a little bit about how much demand there is for this type of housing. Like when you're talking about ex-offenders and the MHMR population, just people in general that can't afford a thousand dollars a month, but they can afford a bedroom for 500 or 600 or 700 or however much you're charging. Do you mind just talking to the audience about that? There's a huge need out there throughout the country. And I'm curious to know how it is in Houston. Well, for me, you mentioned five or $600 for a bedroom. I don't charge by the bedroom. I charge by the bed. I don't. That, and that's what I meant. My, yeah, sorry about that. Basically with this, I get more calls than what I can handle or house. So if there is a need, people harp on, oh, well, you know, I don't want nobody to learn this business because they feel like, you know, we're in competition. No, we should be all working together for the greater good of these individuals who may be at risk for homelessness or already homeless. And we need to work together to open up these houses so that these people will have somewhere to go. There is a great need, especially for the mental health uh, community. Uh, Seniors, I tell people all the time when they're asking me about the business, I, I let them know like, hey, Nursing homes aren't, you know, all of what they cracked up to be. Uh, growing up, majority of you probably heard, oh, do not put me in a nursing home. Do not put me in a nursing home. It's a reason why that is a thing. So with these kind of homes, you have the ability to take in these seniors who may not need full care. They just need somewhere where somebody else is in the house. So in case, you know, they, they need a little help, a little assistance. Someone is there to help them. Also, with the budget of group homes, there are some seniors who don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to invest in going into these nicer facilities with the shiny glasses uh, when you first walk in, as well as, you know, if maybe if they're low income, but they own property, some of these nursing homes, where well, majority of them will convince them to sell their house, whatever type of valuables that they have or assets that they have, they have to sell it versus being able to leave that to their children or, or grandchildren. So, and you have also, you have seniors these days outliving their money. So they have their pensions and retirement and they think that, hey, you know, if I can go into this nice facility, my money will last me until I die. Most times with the new day and age, with new medications, keeping people alive longer, some people are outliving their money and group homes is the way People can stretch their money longer. So yes. it is a better resource for seniors. You have uh, the AIDS and HIV community. They yep. need some uh, a nice, clean, safe uh, living environment where family probably disowned them and kicked them out on the street. 
You have HIV clinics and offices, things like that, that will pay for these people somewhere to live. Yep. Because it is a big, a huge population in the LGBT community is a big community where they support one another and there's grants and funding uh, for those individuals. But there, oftentimes, especially for men, their family find out about their sexuality and put them out and this is from all ages or they disown them. So they got to create their whole new family within that community, but they still need somewhere to go. Those that aren't fortunate enough to go get a job or somebody that is uh, struggling with their illness as far as HIV or AIDS, not getting the proper treatment, they need somewhere, a clean, safe environment to, you know, get that treatment. Another population would be, of course, the mental health uh, demographics because a lot of them are on the street. A lot of their, their family can't deal with them. But that's my biggest population. And I have a heart for my uh, the people that struggle from mental health issues. As long as their medication is managed through either you or your house manager. And let's say if you see that, okay, well, maybe this medication isn't working for this person. Sometimes you have to take that next step to go to the appointments with them, make sure that their medicine is being uh, regulated by their psychiatrist or their doctor so that you can see some results in their behavior. Most times when I take the extra step, uh, it causes me to keep my door from being a revolving door with the mental health community, you know, went in and let the doctor know, hey, this is the behavior that's being exhibited by this person, things along those lines. So. You have the people who are trying to live in sober living. They've battled with drug and alcohol all their life. They need to be somewhere that the community is not a drug-infested um, community. Um, have some people that's there to support them, do uh, meetings once a week. Of course, you know, that's a little bit more uh, time and energy that's, that a person running the group home may have to invest, but there are other fundings to help with those type of things. So just having somewhere for someone to go who is battling with drugs and alcohol and that they know that they have support from others and they know that, you know, you're going to hold them accountable. Uh, that's a need uh, right there as well. So you brought up a good point about like people being um, really competitive about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, folks, if you're, if you're in, in any major city in the country, look outside. There's massive demand for this and very little people like Lynette doing this. You know, the need for this type of housing is going to go nowhere. And as Lynette said, you know, she's just broke down a ton of different demographics that need this type of housing. Her phone's ringing off the hook and she can't find enough beds for you. You cannot, you can't handle it. It's impossible. And that was half the reason why, you know, people kept coming to me. Hey, how are you doing this? What are you doing? What niches are you serving? And I finally, I just said, all right, let me get a website set up. And I set up a website. Next thing I knew, people started coming to it and saying, how are you doing this? So I put this out there and the rest is history. So yeah, Lynette is spot on. You, you, you do not want to try to control all the information. You got to get out there and just help people. Absolutely. Yeah, because you have to look at it. Somebody, a senior, someone somewhere all the time is could be fine today, tomorrow, have a setback, have some sort of injury. You got, of course, people aging every single day. 
You have people turning over the age of 18, getting kicked out of foster care, needing somewhere to go. There's always some sort of change that's never going to stop. These type of people are never going to go anywhere. They're going to keep on going. And the houses that we have are like four and five bedroom houses. We can't house 100 people. So that's why it's important for a lot of people to get on board with uh, providing of these type of houses and landlords getting on board to allow people to use these type of houses to use their houses to house these different demographics because I think a lot of landlords feel like that their houses are going to be destroyed but even with me having people who are mentally ill I have not had nothing to be destroyed in these rental properties that I have anytime something goes wrong within my rental properties if something like an accident were to happen I repair it like right away I don't let their houses go down and if I I I do a good assessment with the individuals that I take in to know whether or not they're going to be a problem whether I do some background research on different other group homes that they were in I request all their medical records to go through their medical records to see what type of behavior they exhibit what was their reason for admission things of that, that nature so each population is growing. You got uh, it. Sad to say, but the populations, regardless of who you decide to house, is growing. Yep. Look, guys, things are getting more expensive. People are making less money. People are doing more drugs, right? I mean, I hate to say it, but it's the absolute truth. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of moral and just societal decay happening right now. So people need you out there. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these types of clients popping up on a daily basis, and they need you. And thank goodness we have people like Lynette out there doing what she's doing. Yeah, because you, if you even go like for here in Houston, we can go. You can go downtown and see people that's on the street. And a lot of people have this idea in their mind that oh, someone who's homeless is something is wrong with them. A lot of times, people are just feeling hard times. I say all the time that, hey, with me being someone who started at the age of 19 with no parents, no grandparents, everybody has passed away. If I fell on my butt, I don't have no one to, you know, help me out, give me any uh, type of direction. So that could be me up on a bridge. That could be me holding up a sign at the end of the block because, you know, I'm just down on my luck. And sometimes, I've ran across people that they're mentally there. They're just being told no so many times with different jobs and things along those lines. And everybody has some sort of impact on their mental health when they're going through something. The same as person walking down the street, one little thing can trigger them. And no, nobody has to down sparrow too far and be too far gone. But sometimes people just need help a hand. So sometimes I take in people that's indigent who just need maybe a a month or two to get it together. And then, you know, they start paying me. I've done that. You have people that's on the street that actually have income that has, you know, misplaced their social security card that their funds are coming on. And nobody took the time to say, hey, let me help you get your benefit cards back together. They just look at them like a bum on the street and I don't want to help you. But that person actually have income, but they just don't have the competency to you know, make the phone calls. They can't, maybe can't remember certain things about themselves, but you as the same individual 
especially me, I know how to do a lot of case management to the information that they need and, you know, help them get placed because everybody that I help, nine times out of 10, I'm going to help them get placed as well. And I had one lady, she had $10,000 on her social security benefit card because she'd been homeless for months and months and months and nobody ever stopped to help her and she would tell them, hey, you know, I lost my car. I got $10,000 on there because she could do the math on month after month after month how much, you know, has accumulated. And she even had like $4,000 on her food stamp card. Everybody brushed her off thinking that she was crazy and know what she was talking about. So I helped her. And she compensated me greatly for being that person to stop and say, hey, let me help you. Because it's not going to take me nothing but five minutes to see whether the story is real or not. So it's a lot of those cases where people are out there and they just need a little help. And by you helping them, for one, you know, you get your blessings in return. And as well as that may be the individual, your long-term resident in your house. A lot of my people are long-term. I don't have a big revolving door. That's the reason why I'm able to open up multiple houses. That's beautiful to hear right there. So yeah, there's, and most landlords, Lynette, they're just looking for that traditional renter. They are not going to take even 30 seconds to hear any stories like that. You know, hey, do you have a full time job? Do you make three times the rent amount, good credit, et cetera? So 99% of the people, the demographics that you're talking about, they're falling on deaf ears. So you're like <laughs> an angel to these people, right? Right. You can't feed others if your plate isn't full. You know, that's one of my sayings, right? And the more people you help with this, the more money that you're going to make in return, right? So Lynette, it's your first year in business, we'll say. You're opening your fourth home. What's your life like since you've started doing this business? Do you still have to work in the prison system or are you doing this full time? So when I started, I wasn't working. So I haven't worked for anybody and since June the 7th of last year. I have had my errors of things that I, mistakes I should have avoided that nobody could have prevented me from doing. So I went in a hold a little bit about things that I felt was clever, that wasn't clever, was a horrible idea. And those things weren't something that I mentioned in my day-to-day talk with those that I consider my friends or partners that was helping me along the way. So I did have a little a little setback, but I was able to market harder and come back harder. So that's behind me. I never struggled uh, within this business because I know the key to keeping people and keeping my house uh, filled is to market and network with different people. Everybody that knows me knows what I'm doing. And I don't go anywhere without mentioning what it is that I do because you just never know who's listening. You never know who has that need or know somebody. So all of the programs that's here in the Houston area, like Jail Diversion, you have like Baker Ripley's for uh, the veterans. You have different programs in, in the state of Texas, like the HCS program, HCBS program things like that. So there's a lot of programs that will also compensate for certain individuals that I've tapped into to maximize my monthly income. So but mm-hmm. by doing that, I had to market and I had to learn. And 
everything wasn't just given to me on the platter. I did take out the time to see what's going on in my state. And I had to see what's going on in my community to where these resources are, because they don't, the city doesn't want homeless people running around town. So there are resources for these individuals. You just have to take the time out and go harder for yourself versus going hard for an employee, uh, employer working overtime, trying to make a few dollars, work overtime for yourself. And that was my mentality. So there was a lot of times that, you know, I went above and beyond the call of duty to learn uh, certain things and to help certain people so that I can be where I am now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why punch in and go hard for an employer when you can, uh, you could do this and, because you are expendable. Yeah, so. exactly. And folks, you know, you don't really talk about the money too, like uh, that much. We really can't. We'll get flagged for spam and, and things like that. Um, Lynette, on the three properties, do you kind of want to get into details on kind of how the financials look? So for my three houses, which are all full and I have 24 people, I average about after overhead, I average around $20,000 a month. And I can say that if I do everything that I know to do and I implement everything that I know, I could be well over that. But it is just me for the most part. I recently had my spouse to quit her job and come on full-time with me, but she's still learning the business. So she can't take off as fast as I would like her to. But if I did do everything that I knew to do, I would definitely be at around $50,000 a month. I got to start getting on to myself a little bit more, but $20,000 right now and 30000 is gross. 20000 is my net. And that's what 24 people and three houses. So I got a five-bedroom house, a four-bedroom house, and a three-bedroom house. And there's two people per room four people per garage conversion. And I'm all of my houses are operated within the guidelines of the city for those who have questions about overcrowdedness and things like that. So I have a 11 occupancy, a six occupancy and a two six occupancies and one, no, one seven, one six, one eleven. And so my house is full. So that's a record skipping, bring it back moment right there. <laughs> Andy, how many businesses out there that, that you know of can you uh, be profiting 20, 20 G's per month? Basically, that takes three weeks to start and no money down. They don't exist. Go on to Biz Buy Sell, go on to any company out there, any website out there that's selling businesses. You can't find them. That's why this is such an unbelievable business opportunity. I mean, you get, realistically, you could probably furnish these things for nothing. I'm being totally honest with you about that. You could furnish them for nothing. Average person, you're going to spend 800 to 1500 bucks furnishing them. If you're smart, you go to the Salvation Army auctions or whatever. But yeah, you're not going to be able to find another business like this that requires this small amount of capital to get up and running. So now what I do is, as far as furniture goes, the the, mo- the main thing that I will probably have to pay for is my rails on the bed and the mattresses. And everything else, I can pretty much find donated. Make posts all the time about what it is that I do. I house the low-income population, 
And, you know, I'm trying to provide them a, a better quality of life. And and I ask the community, hey, if you have things in your home, whether it's dishes, bedroom furniture, living room furniture, dining room furniture, toiletries, things like that, you know, that's in your home. If you're looking to upgrade or anything anytime soon, let me come get that off of your hands. And now, for the most part, I don't have to go and buy no couch or no table, no decor on my walls. And they they give me quality stuff. I just go through whenever I'm ready. I get my U-Haul truck and I just go through. I wish I had a truck, but I get a U-Haul truck and I go through picking up all those things that people just don't want. They're tired of looking at it. That's how I market it. I say, I know you got some things in your house that you're just absolutely tired of looking at. Let me come get it. Yeah, I mean, look at the amount of storage facilities popping up throughout the country. That's your indicator. People have more junk than they need. So. Mm-hmm. You get to go over there, take their junk. And frankly, a lot of times it's really nice. Furnish the house with it. Right. So it's just, you don't have to spend a bunch of money. You don't have to have a luxury home. A lot of people over in this store know you don't have, you don't need that, especially if your population is a low income population. If you're going out to buy a $5,000 living room suit, but you're only getting $700 a month per person, like that don't make any sense. On top of these individuals, not to say that they're destructive, but a lot of them don't know the value of appreciating the quality of things that you're bringing into the home. They never had these kind of things. So it's not going to be appreciated like it would be if it was in your personal home. So I try to tell people all the time, yeah, I get my towels from Goodwill. You know, I get things that's used and I just spruce it up. And I make it look good, but it didn't cost me a lot of money. And I did have that mind frame with my very, very first house. I was one of those people who felt like I had everything showroom ready, everything so perfect, so neat, so nice. And now when I go into my first home, the nightstands that I had in certain rooms, they done switched them around. The nice blankets that I, I don't even know where they at. So don't overinvest for enough. Get right. Just try to buy what you can, everything don't have to match with that through the whole house. Everybody have matching blankets and nice rugs. I did all of that. And right now, like I said, I don't even know where half of the blankets that I purchased is. Now I just go to Goodwill and I right after winter, a lot of people go and donate all those old blankets that they don't want anymore. And yeah. I was in there going to get all of them. So, um, cause I knew I had a, a need for, I always have a need for certain things. So I go on Goodwill and load up or any type of thrift store but just try not to unless you're trying to charge somebody two thousand dollars a bed so you have to look like money in order to make money if that's your target audience then by all means go ahead and do that but if you are doing a low-income population like seven hundred dollar people please don't over invest yep don't over invest these people have been living half of them out on the street or in their car month to month in like an extended stay motel. You don't need to do anything fancy. Your job is to provide affordable, quality, safe housing. That's it. Yes. Now, Lynette, are you purchasing the properties or what's the home acquisition strategy? You know, I am so busy with the what I'm doing on a daily basis. I know that this is not the best decision that I'm doing, I'm about to have my fourth rental house and I'm like, okay, the amount of money that I'm making, 
I should be able to, you know, start investing in some properties, but I have not went down that road to even start see what that looks like and how it makes sense for me or anything like that. But that I did tell myself I don't want to renew my leases. So I want to start one by one knocking these houses down, these uh, rental properties down to and having them all transferring to houses that I own because my landlords are charging me about $400 above market rent, you know, run my business in their home when I can't be investing that money into my own property. So right now I don't have an extra strategy on that, but that is my long-term objective. And I can say that anybody that's starting a business, don't be detoured by not having your own property and that you have to rent because like my house, then my three bedroom house, my rent is $1,300, but I'm profiting $6,000 off of their property. So it's not bothering me because I know what I can do with their property. So I'm being charged $1,300, but I'm bringing in $6,000. I'm all right with that for right now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> so just to kind of recap, if you guys didn't catch it, you know, like, uh, again, being resourceful, Lynette didn't have just a ton of cash sitting around to purchase these properties. All she's doing, guys, is simply, you know, she's renting the properties out. It sounds like you probably pitched the landlord what you were doing and then offered them above market rent in order to uh, to run your business out of their properties, right? Yes. And now the landlords that I have now have multiple properties. And so like this month, he got one. He wants to put me in it in September. He said, hey, Lynette, I got a tenant moving out in September. I'd rather rent it to you. And yep. so he's kind of driving me. I'm like, okay, well, now I got another house. So let me get the people. So it wasn't in my plans to have five houses right away. But <laughs> you got the house, then let me go ahead and get the people because I can get the people. Um, It's just more work and I'm spread it thin sometimes, but I do have my wife now to help me. So that should eliminate that problem. Yeah. So my landlord, and now when he called me, wanted me to get in his property, I said, Hey, look, I'm not paying a security deposit. So, you know, now I'm able to negotiate a little more because he see, he understand what it is that I'm doing. He's already getting above market rent. So he works with me on a security deposit. Lynette, can I, can I flip the switch, uh, flip it for you real Go quick ahead. and give you another idea? Uh-huh. Okay. When that landlord tenant moves out, unless he's really on it, that property, that property will most likely stay vacant for two to three months. Okay. So just for uh-huh. sake of argument, it's going to cost that guy bare minimum, probably 6,000 bucks, not including how much it's going to cost him to fix it up. If you don't have the money because you've been growing, which is understandable, you could go to one of those landlords and say, hey, look, I can't pay you a deposit, so I need you to waive the security deposit. But also, in order for me to move in, I got to buy all this furniture. Will you loan me $2,000 or whatever it's going to cost to get uh, to get moved into your property, and I'll pay you back over a four-month period or whatever you need to do? Nine times out of 10, those landlords would probably say yes. You just can't be scared. You can't be deterred by the no's because I got told no. I got told no a lot, but I just kept sending it. I went through Facebook market, but what I found that has worked for me for each house the same way is that I would go on 
H-A-R, so hard.com. I know it's like a Texas, I think it's Texas only um, site, but any of the sites that rent houses, I just type me up a little script about what I needed to have for, what I was willing to pay and things like that. And I would go, and so I would look at the houses that was in my budget because I know, of course, they was going to want a little bit more. So I already factored that in. So I would go through every house that was in my budget. And when it says, you know, contact us and they want you to put their first, last name, email in a message, I sent that to every house that I wanted. And a lot of them called me to get more information. And so each time that worked for me. I didn't really do Facebook market because it was too much scamming going on. Uh, Craigslist, it seems like it was too much scamming going on. So those certified sites that are listing these properties, that's who I would use. And I would send those messages and I would flood them. Yeah. Once, and I got my guesses. Once landlords kind of realize the advantages of working with Lynette or anyone else out there that's actually, you know, taking action, they have the referral sources and things like that. You know, think, listen to what Lynette did with the landlord. She's got what's called leverage. They want to work with you. It's a no-brainer, right? You know, right. willing to if you're paying these guys like a couple hundred bucks over market rent, that doesn't sound like a lot, but you just doubled their income from that property just by doing that. Yeah, and now I have my landlord. He tells me, well, if, I, if I'm ever online and I see a house that I feel like will be good for my business that he will buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's like Andy said, you know, when you guys, uh, once you realize the asset that you are, if you have the tenants and you have the referral sources, you're going to be able to say, hey, you know, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll work with you, Mr. Landlord, but you're going to need to do this for me. Or you're going to have mm-hmm. landlords, they want <laughs> to want to go out and, and buy houses for you. I've seen posts in the group where people, um, they have investors that are building houses for them, right? So, yeah, you have a, an amazing, uh, it's crazy what you've done in the first year, Lynette, you know, the types of numbers that you're doing. Yeah, and- it was impressive to me as well. I'm not going to lie. This is not what I expected. I, I was expecting, I don't know if I had certain expectations, but I definitely wasn't expecting to be this far because, I looked at my lifestyle, like before I had this uh, group home, my profits from work, not profits, but my net pay from work with overtime, and I mean like 60 and 80 hours a week overtime would probably be 4500 And I'm like, how was I living off? And this is just a year ago. How was I living <laughs> off $4,500 a month? So, and that was decent income. Like, I enjoyed my life with $4,500 a month. But now it's like the sky's the limit. My income is based on how hard I go for myself. And I do have different things come up along the way and everything is, every day isn't a good day, but I'm making it work and it's worth it. I've been stressed out behind somebody else's business times 10 versus, you know, the little stuff that I have with my own business. I'm grateful for that. I love hearing these stories. I mean, honestly, I'm so glad and grateful to hear that, Lynette. It's fantastic. So what's the future look like, Lynette? We've seen what you've done in the first year. What's like the next year or two look like for you? What are your goals? What are you going to be focusing on? What do you see in your future? Well, 
starting in September, I'm going to start implementing a lot of things that I know to do that I haven't done so that I can, you know, maximize my income from what I already know. But I'm thinking about partnering with someone to open up like a facility eventually. I haven't written things down because, you know, a lot, like I said, a lot of my time goes uh, to these homes. So I haven't step back from them, which I'm starting to do now, step back from them because they don't require a lot of my attention. I just give it a lot of my attention because it's like mine. It's like my baby. So I don't, you know, want anything to go wrong with it because this is how I make a living for myself. So I am going to step back and just look at everything for what it is and soon and uh, see what more that I can do because what I'm paying for the three houses, probably four, and then my fifth one probably in September, I could probably, you know, get me a facility and put everybody in one facility and maybe, you know, scale higher with other avenues that I'll uh, take. But I really don't have a game plan. I did tell myself that I only wanted probably five homes, but it's like five came quick for me. So now I'm like, well, not, I'm not going to put a number on it. I'm going to just deal with however many that I can handle on my own. And then uh, I do have a house manager that I pay per month to stay on site for me. And I'll just probably get more house managers and just house as many as I can or probably become a placement agency for people who are starting up that I can refer clients to. Sky's the limit, right? Right. Right. There's a lot of different, a lot of different umbrellas within this business. Yep, absolutely. And then there's the, uh, you, you mentioned it, you know, it's, you're almost, you might just become a real estate investor. You may have not thought of it, but. I don't know the first thing about it, but I'm like, okay, I need to probably be trying to learn this. I need to see, maybe I, I might be doing something wrong. So that is on my to-do list to, you know, figure that uh, aspect of the business out. Yeah. Well, you, Hey, you, you dropped so much gold for the listeners out there. We'll do it another time, but I'll send you a link. You know, I'll, I'll kind of take you through some of the basics with real estate investing and get you set up there. Okay. I definitely appreciate that. Cause I, I'm clueless. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, you see that check that's getting sent to your landlord every single month. That could be yours. You know, there's so much advantages to owning the real estate you're going to be building equity in those homes. There's depreciation, write-offs, and things of that nature. So, and if you can learn those kind of strategies to get these properties at a discount, you know the. Uh, I ask Andy this. It's it's kind of funny to hear Andy. We have you still, right, Andy? And he, he might be doing stuff. Yep, in there. I'm, oh, I'm okay, <laughs> yeah. So, you know. For anyone that's uh, that knows about real estate out there, you know what what's the ROI on your group homes? It's incalculable. You know, it's uh, infinite, right? I mean, if and, and as you always hear me say, uh, if it takes a calculator to figure out if it's a good deal, it's not a good deal. So <laughs> the beauty of group homes, you don't need an Excel spreadsheet to find out whether or not you're doing well. All you know is in the back of your head, okay, this thing's going to cost me five, six, seven hundred dollars to get set up, and Look at Lynette. She's you know bringing in six thousand dollars a month. So <laughs> it's incredible, and that's on top of the the landlords you know getting their equity and, and market rent and everything like that. Right. So 
Lynette, if you can kind of apply those strategies, like there's a whole other world that will kind of open up for you. So I'm excited to see, you know, what, what you can do with this. You were thinking, you know, maybe someday I'll have five properties when you started out and then look like it's like you did that in the first year. So uh, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome to see. So we could talk all day with you, Lynette, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in the future, we're just going to see, you know, she's going to scale for sure. She's uh, I'm sure you'd probably be staying active in the Facebook group helping people out. I see she's one of those folks that are, uh, she's definitely gives back. You know, I see she does like uh, live videos with people out there, like super helpful. And there's a whole community like that for anyone that's interested in this business. If you guys are not on at least the free mailing list, you know, head on over to grouphomeriches.com, sign up for the free course. We give out a ton of free material, right? Join the gold course if you're serious about it guys have heard us talking about that Facebook group. There's a ton of people out there ready to help. We have a team of coaches as well, ready to help you along the way. As we've mentioned, there's not enough people out there like you guys, you know, not people with the heart that Lynette has, or even the desire to start providing this housing. And you guys can just look outside and kind of see the need for it. So yeah, we look forward to working with everybody out there that's listening to this. Um, Lynette, do you have any parting words for the people listening? Yes, I just wanted to reiterate that I'm not sure what the gold course is now because I purchased it over a year ago. What is the gold course price now? It's uh, $199, so we still keep it very affordable. Yeah, so that is cheap in comparison to a lot of other people. And I don't know if you all ever show people like certain posts that's made within the group, but that group alone is your key and i can't stress that enough this the actual facebook group is the bible of for group homes there's not a question that has not been answered a situation that no one has come across you know there are people who are willing to just hey you ask the question here you go you know it don't take a long time to figure this out it's, it's the bible you just go through it read different stories, read different situations, you know, what kind of houses you need, you know, what kind, you know how to set up your home, you know, what population you want to serve. You got people, you know, they're serving these different populations and they tell you, okay, this is what goes on in this population. And so whether you can be, you can gravitate towards that or you can be deterred towards it. So all of the hiccups and things like that is in a group. So $200 is measly in comparison to what you can make. And I'm not, this isn't a paid advertisement. I'm just letting you know. You can make a lot of money by this small investment. 100%. (laughs) Andy, do you have any any parting words for the folks out there? Guys, same thing I always say, you just got to take action. I started this 20 years ago and the the dumbest thing I ever did was wait around. I'm going to study this. I'm going to read this. I'm going to get this book. You just got to get started and um, you're going to be a little bit scared, but you just got to take the leap because once you get going, look at Lynette. I mean, she didn't think she was going to have five group homes in 12 months. This is what winds up happening. So you just got to get started. Yes. Where can the people find you, Lynette? I'm on Facebook. My name is Nett Renee. So spelling is N-E-T-T-E, last name R-E-N-E-E. 
That's my Facebook name. If y'all have questions, feel free to inbox me. I'm not someone who will not respond to messages. I respond to every single message that is sent to my Facebook. And you can also find me in the Gold Course because I'm in there all the time sharing, you know, whatever it is that I need to share my day, uh, motivational posts, whatever it is that all my walk and my experience with this group home is also in the Facebook group. So you can either message me there or join the group. I help you, you know, whatever question that you have, feel free to reach out. There it is. All right, Lynette, thank you so much for coming on. We can't wait to do a part two when, you know, we have your facility rocking and rolling or you're doing real estate investments. Who knows, right? But it's going to be fun to see where you could take this. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Andy. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, thank you so much, guys. Okay. All right. Have a great day, Lynette. You too.